Hello, I'm Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson & Terry Recruitment. I'm Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor. And you are listening to an edited version of Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike, uh, which airs every Sunday at 11am on DAB Digital Radio across Oxfordshire and online at getradio.co.uk. And our show introduces you to local trusted experts, whilst we also talk about topics that you, the listeners, tell us is impacting on local businesses and their owners. For copyright reasons, we cannot play the songs mentioned in the show. Uh, but for more info and business wrench related content, please do head over to getradio.co.uk. I definitely recommend it. Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Good morning. This is Get Radio and welcome to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. My name is Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson and Terry Recruitment and indeed the Oxford Business Community Network. And my name is Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor, and now also the proud author of the book 105 Ways to Accelerate Your Business Success. Um, as you know, our show introduces you to local trusted experts, and we ask you, the listeners, to tell us the topical issues that are impacting businesses right here in Oxfordshire that you'd like us to talk about in our roundtable with those guests. And today, we've certainly got a topic that will be impacting on each and every one of you that run businesses listening into today's show. And as always, don't forget, you can listen back on previous shows, either via the Get Radio website, maybe off the podcasts, or even off their Facebook page, where all our videos are shared on that medium. But on today's show, we look forward to welcoming three guests who are going to be talking around this real hot topic that I mentioned, and that's Josh Cox of Pristine, Ian Lowry of Science Express, and Jane Abbott of The Marketing Shed. So Ben, in my usual manner, my question for you, how can businesses best generate their marketing in this current climate? Well, Mike, normally I say that's a great question, Mike. Later in the show, we'll be discussing this, but Grant Hayward was making fun of us um, last weekend, wasn't he? So I'm not going to say that was a good question. What I am going to say is we've put that question to our three experts, and I'm sure um, that they're going to have some great insight and great expertise to to share with you, the listener. Um, This is the Business Brunch. Um, As always, we'll be welcoming our three guests after this great song. Get Radio. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. Um, so I know a lot of our listeners are networkers. Um, so in usual networking fas- fashion, we're going to go round the table of our three guests and give each of them a chance to introduce themselves um, and their business. But where they're really going to share their expertise is in the three-part roundtable discussion. Um, so let's start with the introductions. Um, I'll give the short straw to you, Josh. Josh, you can go first. Josh Cox of Pristine Web Design. Okay, thanks, Ben. Uh, so yeah, I'm Josh of Pristine Web Solutions. So um, we create on-brand and purposeful websites for our clients. And we also uh, have the tools and uh, capabilities to host and maintain them afterwards, making sure that they're online, uh, there and performing at their peak uh, 24-7, 365. Um, and what do we mean, mean by on-brand and uh, purposeful is they reflect your branding, reflect your communications and purposeful. We always start by asking, what is it that you want to achieve from your website? From there, we can put in the steps in order to help you do so, uh, walk in, working in a very logical order. So that's Josh from Pristine Web Solutions. Thanks so much, Josh. Um, let's go next to you, Ian. Hi, I'm Ian Laurie. I'm one of the directors of Science Express Oxford, and we provide all types of uh, commercial business signage and graphics um, to businesses in Oxford and the surrounding areas, whether that's uh, window and wall graphics, health and safety, vehicle graphics, a whole uh, full gamut of uh, commercial signage for businesses in the area. Amazing. And last but certainly not least, let's go to Jane. 
Thanks, Ben. Uh, my name is Jane Abbott from The Marketing Shed. I'm a marketing consultant and strategist. I help businesses um, work out what they need to do with their marketing, how they do that, and then help them get it done. So basically reducing the overwhelm and making sure that they're consistently talking about their business and bringing in new clients. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, anyone would think that we've been networking before. Um, so let's, in unnetworking fashion, let's go back to Josh, um, who will be the first to choose a song for the listeners this morning. Josh, what is your song choice and why have you picked it? Uh, yep. So my choice is Future Days by Pearl Jam, um, a little bit inspired by The Last of Us, uh, more, more of the games than the, uh, than the actual um, HBO series. It's just a lovely song um, and Eddie Vedder's voice is amazing. So um, that's my choice. The Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to the Business Brunch here on Get Radio. Before um, that last song chosen by Josh, uh, we were introducing our guests, experts that we have with us today to talk about that hot topic of marketing. As I promised, I'm sure that's a topic that is going to impact any of you that are running businesses right here in Oxfordshire. And we're going to kick off um, really, I guess, coming to yourself first, Jane, if I can, in terms of Tell us a little bit about what marketing is going on here in Oxfordshire that's proving a success for the clients and the people that you're engaging with. Um, well, I think the first thing to say is that um, times like these, where um, perhaps there are some economic challenges going on, a lot of people have a tendency to pull back on their marketing. And I would say 100% I know I might be biased, but it's actually true. That is the last thing that you should be doing. So, um my advice to all of my clients is to remain visible um, and be consistent with their marketing so that they aren't just turning it on when they need um, more sales or more clients. They actually are out there all the time and um, filling up that kind of pipeline of, of prospects and um, potential sales. But in terms of um, what's working really well, I would say going back to, um, as well as being consistent, some of the older forms of marketing. I've been around for quite a while. Um, and things like direct mail, if you're really targeted um, about who you're going out to and um, what you're sending the message you're going out to them with, then it can have real cut through if you do something a little bit different um, and you are really addressing the problems of the people that you're targeting. So I would say look at maybe some not quite so obvious uh, forms of marketing and that can have a real one have a much greater impact and better cut through, um, but also get you really good results. Amazing. No, re really good insight and a great way to, to start the show. Um, so Ian, I'm going to ask you a signs question. Um, you thought I would never ask. Um, I, I, I think there's a really common phrase, isn't there? Oh, it looks nice there. That looks a nice place. Um, and, 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 and I think first, first impressions is a really big thing that we're, whether we're looking at a pub or a restaurant or really any business. Um, what what are the feedback that you get from your clients? So when they have new signs go up or or, or when when they're looking at about how do they represent the front of their building um, in terms of the, the, the increase in, in footfall and engagement? So um, to quote you a stat straight off the bat, 35% um, of customers discover new local businesses uh, by first seeing their signage. So, um, and that, that was by a, an organisation called signs.org um, in terms of where that stat came from. And so if the first impression that somebody sees is that the signage is, uh, well, either there's no signage there or it's dilapidated or um, it's 
um, faded or anything like that, then the first impression you get of that business is that it's it's not loved, it's not uh, proud of itself, um, and that the quality of whatever goods and services they sell might not be that great. Um, and and that's not um, that's just instant, you know. That's the sort of brain chemistry just saying that's what might be uh, the case. It, it may be not true, you know. The uh, the business may sell excellent products and services, but that's the impression you're giving off. So making sure that branding is up together, making sure that it's looking smart and consistent. And I think, you know, building on what James said, you know, it's marketing is not just something that you do when you're quiet, you need to do it consistently and you need to do it across a range of different areas. Um, so if you, you know, going back to my degree, you know, the, the seven P's of marketing, you know, you have to cover all of those bases and not just be trying to do one thing. Um, even if you do it really well, um, making sure that you're covering all of the areas um, involved in marketing is, is what I would say. Brilliant. And Josh, if I bring that over to you with a similar theme, if you like, you know, obviously Ian's talked about signage and that might be signage like I used to have in my um, play centre ab- above the door, if you like. But I guess you doing your websites, your signage is the website, the homepage, if you like, that landing page. So how do you, what sort of tips can you recommend to people to think about in terms of making that first impressions with their signage on their website? A great question. So um, the first one is, is, is having a proper plan in the first place. So um, often when we, well, not often, but when we uh, are speaking to new clients and even existing clients that are looking to redo their website, we'll, we'll before we actually start, you know, all guns blazing, start developing, start building, it's just taking a step back and, and thinking about the type of client that they they want to attract. And, you know, absolutely, they've, they've got their core demographic, but are they the right demographic? And just taking that step back um, will just really help you plan how you want your content to appear on the homepage, how you want to funnel the user, what, what journey you want to take. Then we put together a, a, a it could be two or three or just a few different uh, wireframes and work with the clients on that side of things, getting them just right and making tweaks. It's a lot easier to make tweaks on a PDF uh, document than it is to uh, build a site, rebuild it and keep on making changes that way. Um, but yeah, so that would be a, a, a sort of a, a big pointer there is just take a step back and actually think, what is it you want? Um, I remember uh, speaking to a colleague of mine that, that, that talks about the, the green widget philosophy that, uh, we can build a we can build you a green widget, but it might not be applicable to you just because other people have got the green widget and it could be the latest AI software, it could be this order form, just because they've got the latest green widget, I'm doing inverted commas there. Um, it, it just it doesn't mean that it's applicable to you. They may have a different operation, they may have different um, yeah, they, they just may have different services that appear similar but are just slightly different. So thinking about what it is that you need is, is probably one of the key things that um, I would say. Oh, re- really good advice. Um, Jane, a, a, a phrase that I often hear um, being said is around um, existing customers or, uh, and I say a phrase, um, almost a sentence or a problem is um, not all of my clients buy everything from me um, or my client didn't know I did this. Um, so in terms of marketing to your existing clients, what, what kind of th- strategies can you have with that and what what kind of hints and tips would you give um well i think first of all a lot of businesses focus so much on trying to generate new inquiries and new needs mm. they often forget about their existing clients so it's or customers so um, that's a really good point and the first thing is to make sure that the customer experience kind of coming back to what ian said um is 
top of the uh, one of your top priorities so mm. when you whether you're delivering a one-off product or if it's service or it's kind of an ongoing whatever you need to map out that customer journey so from the point at which they purchase from you um all the way through whether that's a one-off purchase it might be how you deliver that product or that service or it might be if it's an ongoing service then how you're kind of um t- the touch points you have with them during that relationship but I think in terms of um, upselling and cross-selling, so trying to sell them different things, different products, make them aware, it's like anyone. I think we're all um, consumers and none of us particularly like to be sold to. Uh, so it's about making it feel natural, about building relationships, building that trust, and then making people aware of what what else you can offer and how else you might be able to help them, but in an appropriate way. And using your existing relationships with customers um, to help you get new ones. So obviously getting referrals um, is something that everyone, if you're looking for a new accountant, for example, or a web developer or someone to do science, normally you will start with your network and you'll ask people you know. Um, So thinking about that and just building those relationships, doing networking like we talked about before, that kind of thing, um, just to doesn't always have to be your customers it can just sometimes you can use the power of other people you know as well really good tip um ian there's a question i definitely had planned to ask you so i better ask it before uh, I, I forget it because it's uh, you know what my memory is like um and it basically relates to all the things i think we could talk about in marketing about how simple our message is and i know we've had conversations in the past whereby we've either talked about your sign writing or the signs you make across the shops or you know what be like what I used to do is like signs around a football pitch, for example. And sometimes people make those things too complicated so that people can't see them very quickly. So tell us a bit about the tips because it used to frustrate me when I used to see a signboard at the Dickcott Town Football Club and you look across the pitch and you couldn't read the telephone number, for example. So tell us a bit more about simplicity of message. The, the short summary is le- less is more in a lot of cases. So um, if somebody comes to us saying they want vehicle graphics, um, and uh, we will then say to them, what sort of information do you want on, on that vehicle? Uh, and they might say, well, we want our logo, we want our telephone number. Um, and then they might say, we want some of our key services. Now, if it's a, a plumber, they might then break that down into, you know, we do bathrooms, we do kitchens, we do, you know, this, that, the other. And suddenly they can list off 20 services that they want to put onto the side of a vehicle. Now, if that vehicle's moving um, through... Oxfordshire at 20, 30 miles an hour, how much of that information is somebody going to be able to read and and absorb? The most important thing is that they see your name and your contact details. Um, If your name doesn't necessarily say what you do, then you may need to elaborate on it a bit more with the strap line. Um, But we tend to encourage customers not to try and put everything onto a vehicle or everything onto a sign because the less time people have to see it, Um, the less information they're going to absorb. So, and it also comes back to the size of the sign as well. So when you're on a motorway, the signs are massive because people are traveling at 70 miles an hour and therefore they're approaching um, the sign a lot quicker and they need to take on board the information. So it all comes back to, you know, a little bit what uh, Josh and Jane have both said in terms of, you know, the form follows function. So it's just thinking about, you know, how long have people got to absorb the information? What is the important information they need to take from this signage um, and then implementing it from there, basically. A really good insight. Um, Josh, just just coming um, across you, because I know that quite a lot of work that you've done recently has been um, around not just websites, but around software and, and, and getting them to be intelligent and 
um, and, and really kind of having um, benefits. Um, so, so when when looking at a website and when building a website, um, how how far can a website go? And I appreciate that can be how long is a piece of string. But but what kind of things have you worked on recently where um, businesses are saving time as a result of building software connected to their website, or there's a better end journey experience for the customer because it becomes easy to buy? Can you just give give a little bit of a flavour of some of the things that you've done? Certainly. So with, with, with WordPress in particular, which is something that we specialize in, there are so many different sort of third-party add-ons, plugins that can connect your website to your accountancy platform, such as Xero or QuickBooks or FreeAgent, uh, can turn your e-commerce platform into a POS system. So it means that you've got one uh, stock management, uh, one, da- one database of stock management, but you can actually run essentially your websites. Um, well, you turn your website into a POS to run it in-house. Um, uh, there are a couple of things we've done recently, uh, a couple of more sort of complex things at the minute. We're working with a, with a company to build a, a series of bespoke order forms. The software isn't there available. There's not an off-the-shelf plugin. So we're having to uh, sort of actually design, sort of scope out the projects, put in the architecture, and then deliver them from there onwards so that customers can go on, select a, 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 a series of uh, modules to build up um, their, their end. Uh, I'm being a bit sort of vague because um, I don't see it's an NDA in bits and pieces, but essentially it just allows customers to, to build up quite a complex product, but in a very user-friendly and seamless mm-hmm. way. But as I said, if there isn't a piece of software available, as in a pre-built plugin or add-on, chances are you can build it pretty much anything is possible with with software um they're just some examples but um yeah i mean other common examples are connecting your website to your marketing software most traditional one is connecting your website to a, a mailchimp uh, account or uh clavio is uh, a, a, a sort of a newer marketing platform on the scene but but uh, yeah pretty much Anything you can do, I mean, you can now as well integrate AI into your website and use ChatGPT to help uh, sort of flesh out some articles, whether you would do or not. I'm not a content, um, I'm not a content marketer, I'm not a content specialist, but there is that uh, that availability. And I think uh, we are truly, I mean, we have been for a while, but we are truly in the realm of APIs, which is all about connecting uh, different platforms and services online. Uh, to, to essentially just make your software speak to each other. And it just reduces so much admin time, so much double entry, reduces human error again. So you're saving on so much money. And again, some of the times we, we end up building just a custom dashboard so that people can see all their orders in one place, be it from a bricks and mortar store, they're online or their sales agents. They've just got one convenient um, dashboard so they can see their performance for the month. So yeah, pretty much the sky's the limit to sum up. Fantastic. And I think one of the things I'm really curious to, to explore with you, Jane, is something that you talked about earlier, um, because it's something I see quite often with my clients is the whole, the whole feast and famine thing, you know, in terms of I'm really busy, so I won't do any marketing. And then I'm now really quiet, so I need to put the marketing back on. And, and you you highlighted that to sort of keep keep consistent, keep, keep your marketing on. But in reality, businesses do find that quite difficult, don't they, when they are at peak in terms of trying to at capacity of delivery. So what sort of tips do you give to your clients to sort of be consistent? Is it automation, tech, software, outsourcing? What sort of ways can they remain consistent even when they're busy? Um, I think all of those are great. Um, but my, where I tend to start with my clients is by um, creating a plan 
which can frighten them sometimes, but actually it just makes things a lot easier. So if they know what they've got to do, um, whether we map it out over a year or I tend to then chunk it down into smaller, maybe quarterly um smaller quarterly plans rather than looking at the year at a whole which can be a, a bit overwhelming but then even when you've got a quarter if you know what you're trying to achieve um you can month by month maybe um things like content if you're going to um write a blog you can then look at repurposing that so it becomes an email as well and you can perhaps get sort of four or five social media posts out of that blog too so it's about being smart with the time that you do invest in um, doing marketing activity but also using the scheduling tools so there are loads of social media scheduling tools um things like um the uh, AI software that can help a lot now as well. You've got to use it intelligently. Don't just go out there chucking a load of stuff into chat GPT and then putting it on your website. That's I'm sure Josh will tell you that is not the way to go. But I think using the right tools intelligently um, is a good way to go. Using automation where you can setting up, doing something once and then um, setting up uh, systems that will enable um, automated emails to go out. For example, if, you, if you've created um, a, a lead magnet to get people onto your email list, you can have a number of follow-up emails that are automated and go out. So you've set it up once and it keeps going. You just need to kind of check it every so often. So doing things like that can save a huge amount of time, um, but also outsourcing. There are lots of VAs out there that specialize in posting social media posts. You just need to give them the guidance. Um, but the key is really having a plan, spending a time, whether it's a day, a month might sound like a lot of time, but actually if you can batch create all of your content or kind of map out your social media posts and your your blogs, your emails for the month on one day, it will just take the pressure off and stop you sitting there with that blank mind and that overwhelm when you're really busy. Amazing. No, really, really good advice. Um, Ian, um, I think it's time for a song, isn't it? So um, Ian, what is your song choice and why have you picked it? Uh, so my song choice is uh, Next to Me by Emily Sande. Um, and I've chosen this one because it was in the charts in uh, 2012 when my wife Priya was um, was pregnant with uh, with our twins, Holly and Ethan. So um, the fact that they were next to each other for most of um, 2012, uh, whilst this song was in the charts, uh, just always sticks in my mind. Oxfordshire Station. Get Radio. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. And um, before that great song um, chosen by Ian, who I hope his twins have been listening to uh, this morning, um, <laughs> we we were speaking with our three experts all around the world of marketing. And um, I hope you, the listener, have got your notepad um, because there's some really, really good insight insight coming out here. So Ian, um, I'm going to come back to science, um, your your favourite subject, um, and really just want to talk about how you can integrate science with, with your wider marketing strategy. So um, I think we've all had the moment where um, a sign, I guess something that Mike was touching on earlier, that there's too small writing on the van on the way past um, and you don't quite get the number and you're trying to remember next to the next services to make a note of it. So what, what, what can you do, whether it be on your company vehicle or something wider to integrate um, your sign writing with the rest of your marketing and make it really, really easy for the customer then to be able to follow up? Yeah, so we're doing um, some signage at the moment, some temporary window graphics for a uh, dentist that's going to be opening in Didcot. And they um, have got uh, some information in terms of their company name and services they provide. But then there's also a large QR code. Now, QR codes have been around for um, very many years, um, but actually they've only become prominent in the last two or three years because of the pandemic, because you couldn't get into 
a venue without scanning a QR code. Now, the QR code instantly takes you through to um, their website. From the website, you can then learn more in a lot more detail as to um, what services they offer. And then within that, uh, the website then allows somebody to register an interest to become um, a patient. So that's where, um, you know, technology is... uh, is taking advantage of linking all of those things together. Um, but if some of those pieces don't work, if the if you then go through and the website isn't quite right, um, then then it's not as seamless. So it's really important to make sure that, you know, going back to, I think it was Jane's comment at, at the very beginning, that um, all of the different elements work together um, and that they are seamless um, in terms of the, the, the approach um, so yeah, that's that's one example at the moment where we are doing more QR codes, uh, whether that's in vehicle graphics, window graphics, whatever it might be. Um, also, we do um, product branded stickers that can either go on the individual product or the product box. So again, um, that's another place where you can put a QR code and when people see it, they instantly know, right, I can take a picture of that and it's going to give me more information. Uh, it's going to give me a, a deeper experience of, of this product or service. And it might be a, a video of um, how to use the product or how to you know, um, make the most of the service. So, um, And that's where it's about that customer journey that, that Jane was talking about earlier. Love the sound of that. Another innovative, innovative product that you have. Just walking into your front door, you can see how innovative you are with the products and the support you you offer, which I'd recommend clients to to do so. Um, Josh, this is really f- strange for me asking you questions because as the expert that's obviously built my website, I think I know all the answers because we've had these conversations before. So it's really quite bizarre to ask you a question. But I'm going to come back to something that you talked about in your introduction about, um, or your first question, which is about this funnel, creating the funnel. And it's building really on what Ian was just saying in terms of, obviously, we can build funnels using tech and software and within our website, which you've kindly helped me to do. But how does that integrate in terms of a funnel to be some of the more traditional marketing that, that like Jane was saying that seems to be working at this moment in time? How can we sort of play the two alongside each other? And, and where do you help your clients with that funnel creation? So uh, one of the most common requests that I get with regards to helping people uh, with their sales funnels is, with, uh, is, is by creating landing pages. So um, as, as Jane said earlier, they might have a direct mail um, campaign that goes out to targeted people and we can set up dynamic landing pages with, uh, say, URL parameters or specific URLs that um, reference, say, their hometown or even their postcode or it could be their, their demographic. So they know that when they're following the link, whether it's in the letter or a flyer or whatever it is, they're seeing content that's applicable for them. So it much more speaks to them. Um one of the other things that we do is, is, is also helping clients understand their analytics because it's, I mean, if, 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 if they've got an existing site, if they've got existing landing pages, it's so important to be able to take a look and understand um, the, the, the analytics that they've got, see what their sort of bounce rates are, uh, see if there are any dead clicks that are happening on pages, and they can also get a flavor for the their, their most popular products or services. But all that is 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 available um, if if they've obviously if they've got a, a previous history of having something like whether it's Google or Matamo Analytics, or it's quite popular these days um, Microsoft Clarity, which is kind of like a, a free version of Hotjar, which takes screen recordings and heat maps, so you get a much more visual picture of of what people are doing, how they're engaging with your website. Um, but yeah, I would say probably some of the most common ones are setting up landing pages. Um, 
recently specifically product landing pages. So um, most commonly before was service-based landing pages. I, a mortgage broker wants to target the uh, OX11 postcode. So we would set up a landing page around that. But more and more recently, it's, it's about sort of generating these uh, product landing pages where a typical product page doesn't have a huge amount of information. They follow the same structure as what you'd find on their their website, the rest of their product, where you buy a t-shirt and you've got perhaps a traditional gallery of the uh, pictures on the left, information on the right. But a product landing page is, is about um, sort of creating a, a bit of an emotion, a bit of spark and, and building up the, the, the reasons to buy. So not just, uh, I said, not just having the, the facts and the figures in front of you, but, uh, you know, trying to get people to envisage the lifestyle that they'll they'll get from buying your products and how they'll feel owning those products. And yeah, so that's probably the, they're probably the most popular and the most frequent requests we get with regards to helping out with people's funnels. But but equally, you know, we, we can certainly take, and this is where it comes back to the, the proper planning is we, we can take that approach when actually creating their website, deciding where content is going to appear on the page to, um, to, to best grab people's attention, pull them into the the shop to buy now, or to sign up, or or, or to to uh, you know, as Jin said, to to sign up to uh, a mailing list with a with a lead magnet. So yeah, so again, more really really good insight um, from you, Josh, and indeed um, Jane and Ian um, so so far um, today. So thank you for that, um, Jane. I think something we we quite commonly see with with the owner managed business is is wearing many hats, isn't it? And I think that we all we all like to think that we're we're an expert and we can do that and we can do this. Um. So so for that for that business owner listening at the moment who doesn't really have a marketing strategy, they might post on socials from now from, from now and then, or, or they might might do a little bit, but they don't really have a strategy in pros in in place. What is the process of starting a strategy for a small business and, and and what should be the things they should be really kind of considering now whilst listening to the show? I would say there's sort of three core elements um, to any business um, strategy. Uh, strategy, I think, scares people because it sounds like it's going to be a really complicated mm. thing that's a massive document. But really, for any business thinking about their marketing, um, you need to be have a really good understanding of who your market is. So mm. you might think you know, but um, the people that you're trying to sell to or the businesses that you're trying to sell to, what what problems are you solving for them? You need to kind of flip mm. it and think about it from their point of view rather than thinking I've got this brilliant product or this brilliant service and um, it's going to solve all their problems. Well, is it really? What What's keeping them awake at night? What is really going to um, have a positive impact on their life or make things better for them. So there's kind of the market market, and really understanding the, who you're sending to. Um, the message, so that comes out of those problems. So what is the thing that is going to cut through that when they read your copy, they see your social media posts, um, they hear an ad, whatever, um, it's going to make them sit up and think, yep, yeah, that is me. Um, I can completely relate to that. I need to find out more about this. This is going to make things better for me. Um and then the media is the third one. So it's kind of market message media, media being um, the marketing tactics. And this is the bit where people tend to jump straight in. So as you said a moment ago, Ben, um, people think marketing often is the tactics. So the posting on social media, um, having a website, having a sign, obviously all really important, but there's got to be um, thought earlier in the process, as I'm sure Ian and Josh would say, say to you as well, about um 
the the people you're trying to market to and the message it's going to cut through before you get to the media. And it's choosing the right media um, that is in the places that those people are going to be. So um, if you are targeting a consumer audience, um, then going to a business trade show is obviously not a great idea as a very literal example. But you know what I mean? It's kind of thinking about where are those people going to be hanging out um, and getting in front of them in the right place. So yeah, the the three core elements are market, message, and media. Those those are the backbone of your strategy and where all your marketing should come from, really. Fantastic. And Ian, I wanted to build on um, the sort of conversation that we've had across the table, really, in terms of this, is that, you know, obviously, if anybody wants to see the quality of the signs you do and how they stand out from the crowd, they obviously can, can have that conversation with you. But I think one of the things you cleverly support your clients with is to make sure that they are putting the right information on their signs and their vans, et cetera, as you touched upon earlier. How clear are businesses that you're speaking to about their unique selling points, their value proposition, if you like, so that they know what to capture on their van? And if they're not clear, how do you help them to establish that? It it really varies. So we've got um, some customers that, um, well, we've got from sole traders all the way through to uh, multinational companies. So uh, some of those come with a brand pack. Uh, They've already, they've either got in-house resources or they've utilized consultants that have helped them with all of that. And therefore we take some of that brand, uh, those brand guidelines, and then we turn them into, uh, turn that information into signage. Um, So, so from that perspective, it's very simple. Um, And then when you go to the uh, sort of entry point where somebody is starting out, um, then they've obviously got a lot less of that information. Um, they might have spent some time thinking about it personally. Um, sometimes they haven't. They've just gone, this this is what I want. You know, I'm going out as a plumber on my own. I just want X, Y, and Z. I want some sightboards or, you know, I want some vehicle graphics. And I just wanted to say that. Some of them don't even have a, a logo. It's literally they want to have the name of their business typed in any font. Um, they don't mind which one it is. Uh, and they just want it in black on their white van uh, and away they go. So it it depends on where they're at. And obviously uh, we do uh, a lot of networking um, and work with a range of different partners. And also because we provide signage to all different industries, we can then plug people into into different elements. So if somebody um, doesn't have a logo but wants to have a logo, then we can introduce them to um, to companies that uh, to graphic designers that can help them create a logo. Um, very often, see somebody that might have set up a website, so they've got you know www.bobthebuilders.com, um, but actually then they'll say their email address is you know bob at outlook.com, um, and and that's quite frustrating to see when somebody's obviously put some effort into um, registering a. Uh, a website domain name, but then they haven't got the skills or the knowledge um, or the outsource expertise that Josh could provide in creating a an email address that is then linked uh, with the domain name. So we will then try and uh, encourage them to access, uh, you know, other local businesses that can help them to look more professional to make sure that their message is is consistent. Um, but obviously, it depends at what point they're at in in their journey as to whether they. Um, whether they want or whether they can can afford to do that, and some people, as as Jane said in a previous comment, jump in with the you know uh, with the final bit, which is the signage, as opposed to you know the market and 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 all the sort of pre planning that that might go with that. 
um, but certainly making sure that people have got the call to actions so that they can, you know, signage doesn't matter what the signage says, really, as long as it, it creates a call to action that generates them more business and more, more interest, really, in, in what they're what they're offering. Um, that's what's really important to us. So if they don't have those call to actions, you know, if they don't have uh, another place to send people in terms of an email address, a telephone number, um, then um, that's 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 the sort of minimum information that you need in terms of uh, a form of signage unless it's on a premises and therefore it's about marking where where they are and once once they know what they they do amazing no perfect brilliant um so let's go um to the third um or one of the top three most difficult questions this morning um which is across to jane um jane you've chosen a song for our listeners what is your song choice and why have you picked it uh, my song choice is disco down by shed seven um takes me back to university days but also now i have a family and we have a disco ball in our kitchen so it's the uh, friday night disco party song for us introducing you to local trusted experts this is the business brunch podcast sponsored by we do hr support leave your hr to the experts so you can focus on what you do best Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. And just before that song um, chosen by Jane, um, keen to learn about the disco ball in your kitchen. Very, very cool. Um, We've been speaking with our three experts all around the world of marketing and what can you do um, within your own business um, in order to help market you or your business in in a better way. Um, Josh, um, I'm just keen to um, come across to you um, and and almost stealing a phrase from somebody else um, that that we both know well, actually, um, which is there's three types of customers for you website there is the readers there is the watchers and there is google um so when when you're working with somebody to build a website what what can you do to um ensure that your website ranks well but also it's it's suitable for those people who want lots of information and want to read lots but equally it's suitable for those people who just want to quickly find the solution and then make an action what 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 can you what can you do under those umbrellas so um, what you'll probably find, and I can't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but, but what you'll find is in the typical buying journey that a customer will take is that the, the majority of it, they'll typically spend in the research phase. Mm. So that's when they're, they're looking at blog posts, looking at FAQs, looking at knowledge bases, just consuming information in order to um, better sort of understand what it is that they're after. I mean, some people certainly will just pick up a phone and, and, and speak directly to you. And obviously you'd want to have the specific landing pages, service pages, product pages geared towards them. But mm. um, just going back to the uh, going back to the readers, I, I think the, the types of things that you can do is uh, you certainly have plenty of good quality content uh, in place, such as blog posts, knowledge base articles, FAQs. And we can certainly help. Uh, we help our clients set them up and we can certainly help uh, any listeners set them up. But uh Having, yeah, having plenty of good quality content, if, as long as it's written really well, um, sort of ticking a lot of uh, sort of good practices, such as 300 uh, words, plenty of sort of subheadings throughout that are relevant to the topic. In theory, you should rank well on Google. Um, we ourselves aren't SEO experts. Uh, we, we, we do partner with SEO agencies that we'd be happy to um, refer to, but from, from our own, uh, you know, from our own experience and, and expertise, just having good quality content, it, it, it should go a long way in terms of ranking well. And that's good quality content that is, that you know, the topic's been researched. It's what your customers are potentially asking or thinking about. And as I said, you're writing in-depth, 
um, not salesy articles. So you're not trying to, to sell them your product straight away. You're just trying to give them the information and demonstrate that you are the expert so that, you know, in two weeks, two months, two years, or, or whatever it is, depending on your sort of your buying, the customer buying cycle, that they're ready to make a purchase, then hopefully that they found the information from you uh, really useful and you, you'll be top of their mind. But then, yeah, just going back. So that's kind of the readers in Google. And then, yeah, just to the actual watchers, the people that are ready to buy. Um, again, the smaller bracket, but obviously you, you do want those people clicking on your website. You know, um, that's about just having plenty of call to actions, making it really easy for people to navigate your website. Um, and I always think having a telephone and phone number, uh, although it sounds really simple, so many big websites, big sort of corporations, and, and sometimes smaller websites as well miss out on having a telephone and, and phone number. And again, I, I can't remember the statistic off the top of my head, but a, a large portion of people will actually leave a website if they they can't see a way to contact the company. I mean, it, it's frustrating. I'm sure we've all been there when you're on a website and you think, oh, this is a great service. This is a great product. I'll sign up. But, you know, maybe there's a hiccup in, in you know, getting onboarded and suddenly you go to their support page and all they've got is pages and pages of support documents, which I'm sure are lovely, but they don't answer your question and you can't find a phone number anywhere. So you're stuck. So um, having contact information readily available is again, another sort of top tip there. Brilliant. Shameless plug entrepreneursmentor.co.uk built by Josh. You will see uh, some fantastic imagery that was uh, suggested by Josh. Lots of articles, which really have helped my SEO. Again, recommended by Josh. Um, and again, the knowledge base articles. So a little bit of an example just to share. Um, we're coming towards the end of the show. So we uh, like to grab some top tips off of our guests. Um, as the listeners will know, our first podcast edition was a collation of the um, top tips from our very early shows. Um, but just to, to tap up um, our experts today for your tips that you would share with your listeners. Jane, would you like to kick off with your top tip for our listeners about marketing? My top tip would be to go back to anyone who has expressed any kind of interest in purchasing from you over the last six, 12 months. Um, if they haven't given you a no, then just drop them a quick email or a text. Really, really short. Dear Mike, are you still interested in getting a marketing strategy written? Best wishes, Jane. And you will get a response. Um, it might be a no, but that's fine. But it will generate a response because it's personal, it's short, and um, hopefully you will get some sales off the back of it too. Gosh, that's a great tip, Jane. Thank you. Um, Ian, um, what's your top tip? Uh, my top tip would be consistency. So um, whatever you commit to doing, just keep doing it consistently month after month. So whether that's um, using social media and posting something on social media, whether it's going to networking, um, you know, whatever it might be, is make sure that you keep doing it in a consistent manner because you want uh, to uh, to be there, to be present when the customer wants to engage with you. Um, and they will return to the point that they first saw you or um learn about your services so having that consistency um, will help really build your brand so that when somebody is ready to buy um, they're there you are the company that they turn to fantastic well it's been another show full of tips so just to give us a last tip for the day um, Josh what's your tip uh, mine would be to just uh, stop and, and think and, and plan what it is that you want specifically on your website from a web developer. But it, it's easy to be sucked into the, the latest shiny new piece of software, new piece of kit. Uh, AI is, is the bigger, you know, one of the biggest ones at the minute. 
But um, just to stop and actually have a think, is this useful for my business? Will it achieve what it is I'm trying to achieve? Or will it, um, you know, will it help overcome the challenge that I'm trying to overcome? Maybe it will, but maybe there are other fits. And as I said, it, there's lots of software and it can be um, easy to be distracted by the shiny new object. Amazing. No, great way and a great honest way to end the show. Um, so thank you so much to our three guests on the Business Brunch with Better Mike on Get Radio today. Um, if you are just tuning in, a reminder, we have had Josh Cox of Pristine Web Solutions, Ian Laurie of Science Express Oxford and Jane Abbott of The Marketing Shed. Thank you so much to the three of you for sharing such insight um, and such honest insight with, with our guests, uh, with our listeners, not with our guests, with our listeners. Uh, thanks so much. You've been listening to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike here on Get Radio. Uh, we're back next Sunday with a guest as Nikki Gracie from Sobel House. Um, we're going to be talking to Nikki about how charities engage with local businesses and obviously finding out a little bit more about the charity itself. And just a reminder that uh, you can listen to the show as um, you maybe have done today on a the radio DAB radio here in Oxfordshire or online and that's available each Sunday at 11 o'clock then the podcast comes out Monday morning available on all your favourite podcast uh, platforms and you, if you like to watch the video side of it then the video recording comes out a little bit later in the week on the Get Radio Facebook page and on their website but for now enjoy the rest of your Sunday and we'll see you next week <laughs>